When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Hello, everyone. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan, hoping to be joined by Ryan Herrera toward the end of the show, Uh, not from Wrigley Field, but he was at Wrigley Field earlier. Uh, And we are coming to you on Thursday, June 16th. And we are here to discuss all four games, all wonderful oh, four wonderful. games. Lucky us, Corey. This series. I, look, you're better off than Luke, Cody, and I were last night, Brendan. I felt bad for you guys having to stay up that late dealing with that. But uh, it's good one thing for you. to talk about it. The bigger issue is we have to watch. We have to sit there and watch Everything four hours and then losing pitch. by a hundred runs. Yeah, I fell asleep by like the sixth inning, so you know I got to uh, avoid all of that nonsense. Fortunately, yes. Uh, so right now we are coming to you live on YouTube. So if you're checking us out on Twitter, come on over to the YouTube so that we can see your comments. We have uh, Joe and Ravi there. Hello, folks. So far, uh, if you're listening on the podcast version, of course, uh, we will. Uh, you will hear us tomorrow morning. So hello to you guys as well, uh, Brendan. I, look, we heard, yeah. we have a, we have we do have a good bit to talk about. I think if if you want the real like catharsis like let it rip this was awful i want to yell i want to swear all of that i think last night's episode um is where you're gonna go we're not gonna be sunshine and roses here but cody had a hell of a rant last night very deserved very warranted i got pretty heated uh myself even luke was visibly annoyed and angry like so i think wednesday if you really want to get into the weeds there. Uh, That's what we have for you tonight. We do want to talk about uh, Jed Hoyer did speak to the media. So we do want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, We do want to go a little bit further in depth on Caleb Killian's outing last night. We didn't really get a chance to do that. Uh, When the team loses 19 to five and Schwindel pitches again, we kind of had to shift our focus, you know, Brendan. Um, And, you know, just everything else that's, that's going on, maybe some pending roster moves and stuff like that. But Brendan, like first, just to lay the context, right? We came yeah. into the year. We heard that they they wanted this team to be competitive, but an eye toward the future. We heard from the owner that they would have the resources to be competitive and they were going to use them, right? Yep. It is Thursday, June 16th. The Cubs are on a 10-game losing streak. Ten they yards. are now tied for last place with the Cincinnati Reds, who started the season... Three and nineteen. 
Correct. Tied yes. Tied, last yeah. place. Yeah. They have used Frank Schwindel three times in relief yeah. as a position player. He looks good to pitch. And in these back-to-back sweeps, uh, the negative 49 run differential is a franchise record uh, with this series, the Yankees and the Padres. Uh, And it is the first time the Cubs have at least a negative 20 run differential in back-to-back series since 1879. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, Brendan, that's where we are. And by any stretch of the imagination, nobody's calling that competitive. No, uh, there's so many directions you can take this. Uh, I know we'll, we'll get into it today, but Jet called it a multi-system failure. That that's that's it, and then some. You know, it's failure on almost every single level, and it's unfortunate that you know coming off of a successful you know five six year stretch that it's collapsed like this. And I think collapse is an appropriate word. For what we're seeing, and they're not hitting on really any of the any of the margins, and it's unfortunate. That's really the best way I I can describe this, and it is hard to watch these games, Corey. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah, and this is now also if you go back to last year, obviously somewhat of a different team, obviously, uh, but this is the third double digit losing streak for this franchise in just the span of a calendar year. That's terrible, Brendan. I mean, again, we got into kind of like really letting it out last night, but this is, and and I I mentioned this last night, the one, what is the one thing I asked them to do in this series when you previewed this series on Sunday night? I didn't offer anything on a player. Don't embarrass us. All I said was don't Don't embarrass us. And this was all, this was almost worse than the Yankee series. Oh my God. I mean, you know, it's all blurring together. When you give up 15 plus runs and double digit runs, like I forget how many times it's happened now. I feel as, I feel as if it's happened every single game at this point in the past week and a half. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, Michael says we have Marquee Network. Whoopee. A good question. Brendan, are you still booing the Marquee Network? Uh, Corey, I, you're, it's too early I'm in the show to get me like all like riled up right now. I got an hour of doing this. Like go gradually in here. I'm already getting pissed off. Yeah, uh, that's the benefit. Um, you know, we didn't start this show right immediately post game, so we have yeah. had a little bit to kind of like calm down, I guess. Um, but let's let let me set the table here. I'm not going to go through too much of these box scores, uh, but just you know, since it is Thursday and there's four games here, it was four to one on Monday. Uh, really nice outing from Justin Steele. That's you know another one of the things where it just kind of gets overshadowed in terms of the overall play of the team and everything going on seven innings strong from him. No walks, three strikeouts, uh, the no walks, just a really nice development for Justin Steele. He, of course, as it, uh, certainly was going to be, gets outdueled by you Darvish. So that's, that's how that one went Yeah, 12 to five on Tuesday. The Padres win that one. Kyle Hendricks, uh, a nice bounce back start, only five innings, but four hits, just one earned run again, no walks and six strikeouts. So, Monday and Tuesday, you got pretty solid starting pitching uh, from the Chicago Cubs there. Uh, Wednesday, of course, last night was 19 to 5. So if you're doing the quick math at home in Tuesday and Wednesday's games, uh, the Padres scored 31 runs. So that is uh, a lot. It is. Uh, Caleb Killian, four innings, five hits, five earned, five walks, no strikeouts. We're definitely going to talk about that. So not too much more 
to say there. Christopher Morrell homers on Wednesday. He also homers on Thursday. That one was a six to four loss. Matt Swarmer taking the L in this one, three and two thirds, four hits, four earned, five walks, and four strikeouts. Uh, so that's pretty much the the lay of the land. Brendan, I, I, you know, I want to get into Jed Hoyer talking to the media in a second here, but any general thoughts just on this series beyond, I think, kind of the, the obvious. No, honestly, I, I think I have no general thoughts because I have so many specific thoughts. It's, it's like, you guys got a chance to kind of let steam off last night. I, you know, I didn't have a chance to do it. Like, this is this is brutal, and there's so many angles to direct your ire towards, and I I think we're I think I'm gonna do that as you read off some of these like Jet quotes as he goes uh, about explaining what's going on to the media, but like this, th- this this was almost years in the making, compounded by terrible decisions, and when you see it kind of on display against former Cubs too, which makes it worse. Like you Darvish saying he had a moment with a Wrigley field. It's like, like, stop it. Like I can't yeah. take any more of this. The knife a little bit. Yeah. A little, a little bit, uh, a lot. So my, my general thought is like, there's so many problems right, right now. And I do think, you know, in the next few years, there is a good chance we can get beyond this, but it does kind of, make you rethink where you are in this, in this quote unquote rebuild, if you will, and question, you know, is this ultimately the right path to go down? And these types of series and these types of wins, it almost validates some of those dark thoughts I do have at times. Yeah, no. And, you know, looking at uh, the YouTube comments, we we had one up there a second ago from Michael, you know, call out Tom Ricketts. He lied to every Cub fan. All the money goes back in the team. Trust me, Michael, like we have everybody on CHGO has for years now. Uh, I think the the most frustrating part is that, you know, and we'll get into this looking at some of the, the Jed quotes is that we kind of tried to understand where things were at. Everybody's frustrated with the budget. You can go back to several of the teams uh, at the end of that last run that should have been supplemented more. Um, and they weren't, and they didn't win another world series, but they could have, and they didn't spend enough money to do that, but they made these decisions. They started this process. And a lot of us tried to lower their expectations and, you know, accept what they were doing and try to find, okay, this is what they're doing. We don't have to agree with it or how quickly it happened, but let's try to make this work together. Right. Cause this is what they're doing. And we kind of came into the year that way and it has completely gone off the rails and we were, we are not even getting now the lowered bar that we were sold. Right. Brendan, like you and I all off season tried to talk like, okay, maybe if this goes right, maybe if this goes right and the division is bad, this team could be like moderately interesting. And, you know, we're talking about, I mean, they legitimately could end up being one of, if not the worst team in the league. And it's just not an ex, it's not a conversation I expected to be having, let alone in, in mid June, you know, they barely yeah. gave us a month, a month and a half of like semi competitive. And even when you say that you're saying competitive losses, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for a while there, their run differential wasn't absurd. Uh, and I know Jed even said that today that the run differential was, you know, somewhat respectable and suggested some, untimely hitting was part of the issue but as 
what happened last year, you can only hold on for so long. When the team lacks such substantial depth in last season, it was in the form of the starting rotation. Any break, any break in that fragility is going to cause a, a train wreck. And you saw it last year once the rotation went down, the bullpen fractured a little bit after that Dodger series in June of last year. And that was it. That was the turning point. The season was gone. This year, it is kind of that bullpen breaking a little bit, but also some unfortunate injuries. And now we're losing 10 games in a row. So the fragility of this team is just too much. And uh, why it's happening, you know, we can get into it. But for this team, this organization, it, it's unacceptable. Like it really is. Y'all are getting dark in the, the YouTube chat here. I got one from Jack R. I love it. Uh, you know, just Give me more darkness, please. Kyle Hendricks is on the Dodgers versus Wilson Contreras on the Mets in the NLCS. I yeah. like that darkness, right. yeah. Yeah, I like that. Embracing, embracing. The I mean, you can go a little bit more dark than that. You can do like the Cardinals if you want. Like, if we're gonna go full on dark, just make it hurt, please. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah, that's, let's do it. That's very dark. Uh, um, I, I'm in a dark state of mind right now. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into some of this stuff uh, from Jed Hoyer. It was interesting that Jed ended up speaking to the media today because that was something that Luke on the post game show last night really wanted to see. That that was kind of Luke's main point: is somebody from this organization. They're not going to be able to answer to everything, but they have got to come out and say, this isn't acceptable, right? Yeah. If this is a 500 team or just, you know, a bad team, whatever, we kind of all expected that. But this has taken on a completely different look. It's completely embarrassing. Somebody needs to come out and just answer for it and at least just reiterate, yes, this is unacceptable, like just so everybody knows. It doesn't mean much to all of us because we still have to watch this garbage team every day but something, right? And Jed did speak to the media. Now, how you feel about what he said is, uh, you know, sort of a separate thing. There's a lot in what he said. Uh, one of the first things that jumps out to me uh, is when asked about the competitive timeline, Brendan, and, and, and his answer was, you know, kind of like, does what we're seeing now, it getting this bad in this particular season, impact how soon you think we see a good team or when the next great Cubs team, as they like to say, is coming. And Jed said, quote, trying to pretend that this current nine game period, 10 games. Now he said this before the game uh, has somehow changed that timeline. I think it'd be the worst thing. I know what I have a vision to build. I know what we built last time. And I have all the confidence in the world that we're going to get there. But also I'm aware that sometimes things speed up and sometimes things slow down. And I am not smart enough to know which of those is going to happen. But I have the ultimate confidence we're going to be successful, just like I knew that same thing last time. He said he'd have a better answer later in the season for the timeline and all of that. My my initial reaction to this is I at least appreciate him speaking to the media, right? Yeah, sure. As we know with Tom, he just dodges the media. He dodges the fans at the convention. He's pretty much, I never expect him to answer for any of this ever again. Uh, but my, my issue with even that quote, right, is- What's your issue? Yeah. I'm not the one that insisted over and over and over that this wasn't a rebuild. He told everybody not to call it that. Every time somebody would say that, I wouldn't call it that. Don't call it that. If you yeah. want to call it that, call it that. I'm not calling it that. Yeah. Like, 
if it looks like a rat, if it smells like a rat, if it walks like a rat, it it might be a rat, man. You know, this team's going to lose 100-plus games. You lost a ton of games last year, and you only didn't lose more because you sort of pretended to be competitive for a couple months. And yeah. so you hear this about, well, I don't know about the timeline. You told us that the timeline was going to be short. So in that quote, he's saying, well, this losing streak doesn't change that, but he still sounds kind of wishy-washy about it. And it's like, well, which is it, man? Are you unsure of the timeline or is it not a rebuild, right? Because if you yeah. go one more season beyond this, it's a rebuild. That's what it is. It right? is. So that's what kind of bothered me about it. I appreciate him talking to the media, but I'm reading it going like, all right, <laughs> something about this kind of, it stinks a little bit, no? It. I, I think with Jed, he has had issues expressing himself to the media you can point back I don't to like him talking to the media. I hate all executives talking yeah. to the media. Um, and like, I know like when Theo talked to the media, people loved him. He's a very charismatic person. Uh, he's a great storyteller. But when he describes that the offense broke, we keep remembering that. We yeah. won't forget that ever. And that does, in my mind, more damage than good. Jed, Jed is not the Theo level charismatic individual who can express his thoughts very clearly. In, for example, in the last trade deadline, he botched the uh, logic of trading Rizzo and Javi and KB and said, I don't think they wanted to be a Cub forever. And that might be true, but you don't say that 48 hours after you trade three of the most historical players in the world. It got a, it, for the Cubs, you got a response from Rizzo within you know a day um, and it seemed very hostile. And that was not what any executive should have done in that situation. Now with Jed, in terms of the rebuild, the the there was a chance that he could have been right. Um, there was a chance that the strategy that he operated under in the offseason could have played out. They went into the season with a win projection of 75. Uh, with randomness, with the way baseball works, you know, they're one standard deviation away from being an 82-win team, which gets them uh, a playoff opportunity. So he could have been right. The problem, though, Corey, is that also goes in the other direction, where you go from 75 to 69. You go two standard deviations, and you go to 62. That's the worst team in the league. So you have this huge potential uh, variation. You could be a playoff contender, or you could be the worst team in the league. What are we seeing? They could be the worst team in the league. So you have to choose your worst carefully. If you truly believe it's going to be, this is not going to be uh, a long rebuild or a rebuild, whatever you want to call it, then you have to ensure that the probability of that happening is low. And the probability of that happening was not low. You right. did not express yourself clearly. The reason we get all these comments right now is because you didn't talk accurately. You didn't do a good job talking to the media. And I, I'm just like I'm I'm really frustrated with some of these executives, especially when you go in front of the the media today, um, and you do give these wishy-washy responses. And I don't mind that, but it's in the context of defending what you said earlier months ago. Um, and I hate that. I, I hate I hate ineffectiveness. I hate inefficiency. And I think Jed, from a media perspective, has been really bad, really bad from a PR perspective. And I, we, we have a, a YouTube comment from Steven, you know, saying like, don't take sports executives seriously and stuff like that. I always say that, right. They, they, they're never, it's all coach speak, team speak, platitudes, cliches, whatever. They, they're never going to lay out exactly what they're thinking on every single detail yeah. and stuff like that. But as I mentioned last night, right. Like 
whether we all wanted to accept it or would have accepted it, when they did this 10 years ago now, Theo outright said, we're going to be bad for a little while. Like that's like a direct quote. We knew the plan. We knew the vision. This is what the point was, yada, yada. That's where I get annoyed with this sort of insistence, like, no, 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 don't call it a rebuild. It's not going to take as long as it did the last time, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, you choose what you're telling people. You do. You know, Tom Ricketts every year to season ticket holders writes a letter that says, we care about winning the world series. We're going to spend like, we're a big market. You don't have to write that letter, man, because what it ends up being is lies. And, it, and again, you don't have to trust them. You don't have to take them at face value, but this is what they're telling us. This yeah. is what they're putting out there to the media. And it, we wouldn't have been happy if Jed had said, we're going to do a rebuild. We don't have the money from our ownership to compete at that level every year. We need to reset a little bit to develop the farm system. Would we have been happy? No, right? But at least you would have said, okay, this is what they're doing, yada, yada. Just like we came into this season, oh, they want to be competitive, right? Okay, let's see how they can do that. Let's give it the benefit of the doubt, right? And what they tell us is all we have to go on. Sure. And so that's that's kind of my issue with the way that Jed kind of framed that. What I wanted to hear from him today, right, was an insistence like – the timeline is the same. This year was always going to be what it was. We wanted to be competitive. It's obviously not happening. That's on me. This mistake happened. This mistake happened. Yada, yada, yada. Right. But we are going, this is not a rebuild. This is a retool. This is what you can expect. And it's a wishy-washy kind of bullshit answer. It is. It's funny because like, like I love Theo. Right. And I think again, we we all love Theo. Theo is so good with the media outside of that 2018 example. He's so good that he's deflecting that he, his, his words and his ability for people to like him um, does distract from some of the limitations. And Corey, as, as we know, we've talked about this. This is not to deflect responsibility away from ownership. Tom Ricketts. It's always uh, about ownership. It, it is. But Tom Ricketts, like from the business operations, you overshot the Wrigley renovation. You bosh well, that's Crane. Don't let Crane off the hook. He's either. responsible for Crane as well, right? That's the direction they went down. You bosh a TV deal. You lost revenue as a result. You cut 50 to 100 scouts and personnel during uh, the COVID season, and you did restrict your budget to a degree that might have influence getting rid of Schwarber and waiting to sign Jock Peterson that year. Those are all fair criticisms, and yeah. he deserves responsibility for where he's at. But, Corey... Over the last decade, Theo's front office, led by Jed Hoyer, Jason McLeod, Corey, they didn't develop any talent outside the first round. How many pitchers did they have from 2012 throw more than 50 innings in 10 years? Two, Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson. How many position players outside the first round did they produce that got more than 50 plate appearances? One. David Bodie. So what happens? So you get these escalating arbitration players, Javi, KB, Rizzo, Wilson, Kyle Hendricks. You get expiring free agent deals. John Lester, you get a bubble, it pops. You got no supplementation from your farm system. That is Theo's responsibility. He was a great financial 
uh, executive finding those market inefficiencies, especially within an international free agent setting. You got Eloy Jimenez, you got uh, Gleyber Torres. Those guys got you value in the form of uh, Aroldis Chapman, but you had a deal from those depth pieces to supplement your failing pitching development. You wasted money on Tyler Shatwood. You wasted money on Brandon Morrow. You wasted money on these signings from the from the lack of developing pitching for years, Corey. And that truly is solely because of that inefficient player development system. I th- I think that you know what it ultimately comes down to is that this is one of the biggest markets in the league. They charge the most for tickets in the league. It's it, ultimately it comes to ownership. They they need to spend more money. They need to give the same effort that the fans give, right? I said this when the season started. You can't have the most expensive ticket prices in the league and the they 15th can't. payroll in the league. It's completely inexcusable. It's embarrassing. Right. You have even national writers like John Heyman regularly calling it embarrassing. Like it's just a joke that that's how it is. The reality though, right, is that just like any other team, most of which have much less of a budget than the Cubs do, the front office has to work with what they have, right? Yeah. And so when you point that stuff out, it's just saying like, look, the key is, especially like 2019, right? They needed to spend more money on that bullpen. We all knew it when that season started and they didn't make the playoffs because of the damn bullpen, right? That's on the Ricketts. They needed to spend more money. We knew it. Right. But at the end of the day, every front office, every GM, every president, they take the job. They have a particular budget. Whether we agree with it or not, they have to figure out a way to have a successful organization. Yeah. Right? And the Cubs and their groups have been good at a lot of yeah. things. They won a championship, which a lot of other front offices cannot say. They've also been bad at some yeah. things. And so now you combine it. What we're looking at in the last couple of years is a combination of an ownership group that was unwilling to go for it all as many times as possible with a group that could have won to win more championships and a front office and an infrastructure that did not develop things the way that you wanted to. And if you want to do that little bubble sound effect again, here we are, right? That's, that's what it is. And here we are. Yeah. Be mad about it all, all at once at the end of the day, it, you know, we're all very mad about the Rickets. I know. I I, I I just want to make that clear. I think about it a lot. And I also think of like, okay, let's say they go over the luxury tax for the third straight season, right? Um, which could have happened and they could have done that to get to the playoffs. In my mind, Corey, when you don't develop players, I don't care if you have the best executive ever. I don't care if you have a, a computer running teams that have a 99% hit rate on free agent signings or acquisitions. You cannot sustain success without that farm system. We were promised that this would be an eight, out of 10 year playoff contention window. Corey, it's not what it was because they couldn't develop players. You look at the Dodgers, you look at the Rays, you look at the Cardinals, you look at Milwaukee recently, they're developing players like crazy. And when we talk with coaches, when I talk with coaches or players around the league over the past three years, not recently, um, they describe the Cubs development of the system, especially the pitching from like 2015, 2017, as an embarrassment. The Chicago Cubs under Theo's, guidance under that type of structure under Jason McLeod, who's no longer at the helm, will not get a GM job. You know, he was highly talented for in the mid-2010s. That's the responsibility. And then you compound that with ownership problems. I get it. But um, 
you know, that's where my frustration is because I feel as if even if you have a bad owner, um, you can get around that. I, and the, the proof has always been there as more times than not teams with bad owners versus teams with bad front offices. Um, those bad owners get rewarded with the World Series. The bad front offices yeah. very rarely do, Corey. Um, yeah. And that's a good point from Joe. Free agents supplement a great team. They don't create a great team. That yeah, That is I, true. You have to create yeah. it from within. Before you uh, give a nod to our sponsors here, we yeah, have yeah, to yeah. talk about our sponsors uh, who are keeping yeah. us on the air. I, I, I do just want to end, though, like free agents don't supplement a great team. They create or uh, they supplement a great team. They don't create a great team. Yeah. The 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 way the way I want to end this, if you're okay with it, is just by adding though that the situation the Cubs are in, the market they're in, Wrigley Field, the prices that are charged, their owner should be buying them championships. That's how I would end that. Yes, yeah. the front office has to create those great teams, but the situation we're all in and what we all deserve for how this experience is, they should be buying some of these championships. That conversation yeah. should be about us the Dodgers, the Yankees, not yeah. those two teams and excluding the Cubs. There, there was a path forward for this year and for the last couple of years where you could have supplemented your team free agents and decided not to do that. They could have done yeah. this year with many guys and they didn't do it. Okay, let me read these sponsors before we get fired over here. Uh, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com. And we'll help, we'll help you remember that PointsBet is your home for live in-game, same betting. They even have a new exclusive feature, live NBA, same game parlay. You want to bet the game tonight, the NBA Finals game, go ahead and do it. For the first time ever, build a perfect live, same game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bet anytime during the game, like tonight. You can even boost your live game, same game parlays. And as Cody says... If you've uh, been under a rock and you didn't know this, on sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account. Start to finish. All from your phone. You know, Luke can do it. Uh, the fastest book is now easier than ever, so you can start living your bet like ins. Use code to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So what are you waiting for? When the game starts, just bet. If your bet live at this bet, gambling probably five two. Two four seven zero zero. They need like a phone number for like struggling Cubs fan Corey that I can call like right now. Uh, that would be uh, amazing. All right, our next like sponsor is from hotline? Cubs Hotline. Maybe maybe we're it. Unfortunately, who's uh, on the other end? Oh, oh you man. and me, or like who's picking oh, that, up that phone to talk everybody down? Good. Oh my god! All right, uh, not good. Our, our next sponsor is Athletic Greens, uh, and I use this product literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to kickstart my day with complete nutrition, and I'm not a big breakfast guy. I said this a few times. Now on AG1 for two weeks, actually more than two weeks now, and I love it. it doesn't even taste super healthy. It has kind of this mild tropical taste, some like citrus taste that I actually look forward to in the morning, so I actually this stuff. In just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Maybe the Cubs' entire front office needs this. Uh, this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of these things, I get a noticeable boost of energy, so I take it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you're a keto, paleo, 
vegan, gluten-free, or dairy-free, you're all good with AG1. You are investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance for less than three bucks a day. It's recommended by professional athletes, including myself, and has more than 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is, is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CHGO Cubs. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash CHGO Cubs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so brief request. We do have a lot of people in the chat, so I'm going to pull up yeah. Cody here. Uh, hit that thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. It helps the CHGO sports channel reach other Cubs fans, Bears fans, Bulls fans, Blackhawks fans. So hit that thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube, please. That would be appreciated. Let's keep going, Brendan. Uh, yeah. One of the other things that Jed Hoyer talked about was David Ross and uh, reiterating his confidence in him. I mean, obviously they just signed him to an extension, but just kind of talking about how he's not looking at this as, uh, the fault of David Ross. And, you know, he, uh, he, here, here's the thing, right? I, I got a lot of issues with, with what we heard today. Uh, even if it wasn't like the worst thing I ever heard, right? He said that, you know, he, he part of the issue for Ross is injuries, and availability of guys and and things like that and clearly we've seen that right yeah the injuries to guys like Miley Stroman uh Adbert Alzali that has taken a probably average to bad team to this this dumpster fire that you're watching on a daily basis that being said though like first of all I'm glad he didn't say that it was um the fault of injuries, because that would have been an insult to all of us, right? As if this team would have been great if Wade Miley wasn't hurt, right? That would have been insulting. But where my issue comes in, Brendan, is like, Jed, you built the roster, man. So yeah, there's injuries and stuff like that has kind of led us here a little bit, but you didn't acquire accurate depth. That's it, team. Corey. That's it. That's so, yeah, like, yes. we should not be in a position where Alzali and Miley and Drew Smiley being hurt is the difference between whether or not this team is in the gutter or not. Right. That's on you, Jed, and yeah. you know probably Tom as well, right? But like, you shouldn't blame injuries for this, but you just weren't prepared for this at all. No. The depth on this team is a complete mess. The this is this this can this can be complex. It shouldn't be complex. When you build a rotation that is fragile, we knew that Drew Smiley is fragile. Azalai has dealt with injuries his entire career. Miley is getting right. up there in age. You can, in a reality, project some volatility based on that. Hendricks was coming off a down year. He was. Like the, he was. So many questions. A lot of questions. Now, when we went into the season, you could see it also working out. You could see it actually working out and being good, but it's that un, it's that lack of confidence that was always unsettling, um, even though you could see it work out in a positive way. The one of the issues I have, I think I've said this now to you, Corey, like a thousand times, and you probably hate me saying it, but like not signing someone like Carlos Rodon for forty-four million over two years, like what the hell? Like yeah. 
that fits your your timeline perfectly. Rodon has an ERA in the mid threes, uh, probably better, um, uh, or should be better with his expected numbers based on all that stuff. And he fits the mold of a high 90s pitcher, the ability to miss bats, a left-hander. They didn't get him. The Giants. And that's not and that's him. not a move that's pushing you, no. you know, towards the luxury no. tax or anything. No. That's a nothing move, right? No. And then you can look at now, you know, you can look at the positional group and you can always look at this in hindsight, right? And I'm not saying what move is good. Well, you or were what, saying that all offseason. That wasn't hindsight. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you can also look in like the positional group, right? It's like, all right, now the outfield has been like Ortega's been good recently. Um, but again, you have to project this and try to limit the risk. You know, like maybe it's like Starley Marte made it made sense, although he's had some injuries recently. Um, or just the concept of going out and getting a stable bat. You did get say a Suzuki, but was that enough? No, because look at what we're seeing right now. The error in projecting your team was always much higher. That was the problem. And maybe it's ownership with the restrictions. I don't know. But your reality is your pro, your your payroll is 140 million. You're like 80 million below the luxury tax. And it seemed prevent preventable. Uh or reducing the possibility of this happening. That's where I get frustrated, Corey. Yeah. And I, I, I'm with you where it's like the, the frustrating part of it is like, we, we knew that this season had a wide margin of which direction it could go. The, the problem is, is like hearing about, you know, wanting to be competitive, but the eye toward the future, like this was always possible as you were talking about with the standard deviations and stuff like that. We knew that you had so much volatility and so few sure things throughout this lineup and this pitching staff that this was always possible. So like, I don't want to hear, it's just tough to listen to the president talk now, you know, as like, well, this happened, this happened. It's like, this was always an option, man. This is the roster that you built. You know, it's not like this. It's not like anybody's sitting here going like, what? The Cubs are bad? Like, no way. They had such a great roster. Like, no, this was always a potential outcome. For this team, I think of you, me, Ryan, Luke, and Jared. I want to say that Cody uh, was the only one that picked this team to finish over 500. And he was just trying to will it into existence. I don't know if he believed that in his heart of hearts, right? Brendan, I think you've muted your microphone somehow. I was so upset with my own voice. I didn't want to hear myself worry yeah. that. That's what it was. I don't want to hear myself. But yeah, I was I saying, did. we'll never know. Maybe it's possible that you did. Uh, you're sick of talking with me for so many years. But what I was saying is, like, I, I think I, I projected like 79 wins, 81 wins. To me, that was optimistic because that was yeah. overshooting the obvious projections. Yeah. And so, anyway, back to where he was talking. I, I don't, as I said last night, I don't really, I don't think I love David Ross as a manager. But I have no idea how to properly evaluate him. He had a COVID shortened season. Then he had a season with a roster full of franchise legends that were almost assuredly going to get traded, right? Unless it all went really well, which is a really difficult spot to manage in. And this season, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what I can put on him or can't put on him. So uh, it, it's tough to say, you know, and somebody mentioned this not too long ago, David in the YouTube chat, like what really bothers me. And if you told me it was David Ross's call, but he doesn't make the roster. So it's hard to believe that this is, this is a separate issue. And I wish that Jed would have gotten into this a little bit. And it's tough for the media to press on this all the time, but 
in a season like this, you're in last place in the division. You've lost 10 games in a row. You're just spiraling towards every embarrassing statistic and outcome that you possibly can. The bottom of the lineup today, Jonathan VR, Jason Hayward, Andrelton Simmons, three just complete and utter wastes of time. I, yeah. I don't get it. I don't understand. If you told me that that was David Ross and he said, I want those three in the lineup, then yeah, I have a problem with David Ross. But beyond that, he didn't build this roster. The pitching staff is a mess. It's not his fault that the, what is the average start by a Cubs starter so far this year? Four innings, five innings. It can't be more than that. Point. I mean, right? I think Swarmer, I think Swarmer has like the second most quality starts in two. So. I mean, Justin Steele <laughs> went seven the other night. Yeah, it felt maybe like a miracle still. from above. You know? right, tell me about like, it. Oh, so. whoa, I didn't know a starter could go this long on this team. Uh, I didn't know we could develop so, starters. Yeah. So like that's not on David Ross. And then the bullpen falls apart as a result because these guys are all getting used too much that even the guys that had been good, they're going to run into issues every so often because you're using them every other night. You have to cover six innings a night from the bullpen. I just can't put too much of this on David Ross. I'm not telling you, I think he's a good manager. I don't know how you feel, Brendan. But I, my legitimate answer would be, I really don't know. Yeah, I kind of fall in the same camp as you. I mean, I've liked aspects of Ross's style. I think the uh, the urgency in last season in in May with the bullpen and going multiple innings was, was interesting. I thought he's handled the bullpen pretty good this year, giving Robertson a chance. Um, you know, I think a lot of that is also working with Tommy Hadovy, seeing which guys are good out of the bullpen. So I think he's done like, you know, forgive for for the team he's been given a decent job but there's so many roster flaws it's it's impossible to evaluate yeah. that's well, i mean i'll give him credit like he leads morell off every day i think that's a plus yeah i like that like I that mean, decision also played, yeah but he also plays Jason hayward in right field way more than anyone likes so you know right. he can he goes both ways i don't understand it I guess like if, if we can't understand, like these decisions have to be obvious, man. Like if you're going to play, if you're going to play these guys, it has to be an obvious decision. And if it's not obvious and there's so much gray area with Jason Hayward, then it does deserve criticism. I think Ross deserves criticism for Hayward. I just don't understand a day like today. I, I just don't get it. It's completely pointless. It's not productive at all. I mean, three spots, that's, you know, four at bats a person, that's nine innings in the field. That's valuable time for yeah. and literally anybody else. Cody listed off some guys that he would like to see, you know, from the lower levels, uh, just get a shot. I mean, whether they're ready or not, who cares? Use it as an excuse to let them play the outfield at Wrigley Field and get used to the bricks, right? Because why not? You don't want to do that in a competitive situation, so just do it now. But Simmons, VR, Hayward on, a, on the same day, what a waste of everybody's time, man. If Bring we're up use- young guy And, and Morell. Here's the thing with Morell. He's going to adjust. He's come back from a little bit of a, a rough stretch in that series in New York with a nice series here in San Diego, some homers and stuff. Not every prospect is going to be like that, right? Where they make these big strides, but he's representative of why you use this time to try and be productive. And that is he was a guy who had real strikeout concerns when he was coming up. He didn't necessarily flash this power either, but he's always been a toolsy athletic player. You bring him up whoa, something's happening, right? He's tapped into something. He's made some adjustments. That happens. Not every good player in in the league was a former top 10 prospect, right? It's rare that a star just comes out of nowhere. 
But like good players come from out of nowhere all the time, but you have to give them a chance to play instead of letting Jonathan VR do whatever in the world he's doing out there on a daily basis. So this is what I'm going to say about VR. I'm, I'm sick of doing this, Corey. And yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the names because it has to be said. People have to oh, realize. This. Are you? I'm doing it. You cannot have like first off, just to provide context. The reason I'm bringing up these other names is because I'm reminded of it. VR has a yeah. war of negative point eight. His weighted on base average is two forty nine. Corey, his defense. Give me a baseball glove. I I might be able to do it. His expected weight on base average is 272. This is terrible. It reminds me of Sogard from last year. It reminds me of Del Scasso. If I do another one of these middle infielders who are giving me this type of value, I'm going to quit this podcast. I'm going to go into a mental asylum, Corey. I cannot keep doing these terrible middle infielders. Now, those guys were worse because those were potentially good teams. But this is a separate bad decision because it's just like what they have some obsession with these like older just bad middle infielders it's crazy i they're sub replacement level it just does not make any sense sogard Dolscalso, vr what is this the fourth season out there i'm losing track of time i personally can't handle it it's 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 unhealthy you are not you are not going to find another christopher morell if they don't play, it's that simple. And it's really? so what's what's so frustrating to me about it is that it is not what we see in the pitching staff, right? The pitching staff, pretty much all we see is uh, young guys true. getting yeah. opportunities. Stout Thompson, Swarmer, Stout, they're bringing up and DFAing young guys every three days, right? So what is the difference on the offense? I just don't get it. You look at a guy like Ian Happ too. The strides that Ian Happ has made as a hitter this year, right? From the right side, the left side, incredible work, right? You can't figure that out if you keep playing these old bums that for whatever reason, you just don't move on from. I, I, I don't get it, but that's a separate thing. That's my last thought. If that is a David Ross decision, whoever's making that decision, that's who I have a big problem. Hold, 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 I mean, you can move on after this. Hayward can be on this roster, okay? Doesn't have to play. He's playing, right? I, I just have such a hard. Do you believe that Jed is in the in the office, sitting there every day, going, "Why is David continuing to play him?" There's no way. It has to be coming from somewhere above. You can you don't think so? Can be responsible. It can both be all of it. Yeah, both can be responsible. Right. We yeah. gotta we gotta thank our sponsors. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So, you guys know this could be drill. like a four hour episode. It's just, uh, it's just I don't want to keep I mean, seriously. I mean, we could, but it's just not healthy for you and me, Corey. Uh, too many years doing this. This is like the, what the third year of this like anger. Like I missed 2016. I missed 2017 so much. Those were the fun days. All right. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars, but if you make a fifty dollar or more first time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email points but all CHGO.com and we'll help you.
And in case you missed it, you shouldn't be missing it. But in case you did, online signup is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever. So you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet, live your bet live with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, Corey. All right, so I think we have Ryan Herrera here. And uh, Ryan, I, I said this when you came on last night, and it's just as true today. You just you keep getting added into like a lion's den with these podcasts. <laughs> Maybe it's his fault. Yeah, you know, it, it was it was funny because like, I had no idea that uh, Cody went on that rant yesterday. And I listened back to it today. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, all right, I'm, I missed something. I missed right. that whole that whole segment was like 45 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> like you were I didn't realized it. When you I were in the dark. In was the there. first ad, man. When I when we did the first ad, <laughs> we did the same thing today that um, I said we weren't going to do. We also have not talked about Caleb Killian yet because we're so angry and we're yelling about things. That's fair. So here it's we okay. are. This is a safe um, space. Safe space. All right. To do that. So Ryan, you, you were you were there today. Uh, another one, ten in a row. Um, you know, we talked to you last night. Obviously, you know, you mentioned that the you know the vibe guys aren't happy. Of course, they're not going to be. Um, how was it today? You know, I know Jed spoke, Luke wanted to hear from Jed. So how was it kind of hearing Jed and the aftermath of that? What did everybody make of that? Hit us. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that the whole, like, well, we talked, like you said, we talked about it yesterday and, and at least holding front office accountable, like Jed, you know, Luke said, Jed should be there this morning and, you know, credit to him that he was, because I mean, they, they need questions there are questions and they needed answers and Jed, you know, showed up this morning. So credit to him for, for that. Um, I don't know that I would say he said anything we didn't already like know or didn't already expect. Um, but it was a lot of, I know, I know one of the things that he kind of talked about was just like, he, he kind of reflected back on like the first rebuild, um, you know, how everything worked out and they got the, the world series and five, you know, five playoff appearances in six years but he kind of reflected on the fact that it, he, you don't want to sugarcoat what the first couple of years, two, three years were like, because he said it was like, you know, emotionally um, challenging. Right. Um, and I think, I think it's, it's something similar now where it's, it, it looks like it, right. I, mean, we, I, I don't know when they kind of talked about being competitive this year while keeping an eye on the future. Um, you know, we always go back to that and clearly they're not competitive right now. It's 10 straight losses. Only a couple of them, a few of them, have really ever felt close. Like even this one was only a two-run game, and it kind of felt like as soon as, as soon as the Padres went up, oh, like yeah. that, I think that was it. Uh, so it hasn't, they haven't really felt competitive in like going on two weeks now. Um, so it, it, it feels, it feels that way. It feels like it did in, in 2012. And regardless of if Jed won't call it a rebuild, um, it is, and it, and it's starting to look like that. I know we all kind of gave our like preseason win loss predictions i might have been the, the biggest pessimist and i think i i think me and one of you two was had it at like 77 and 85 and i think that was the lowest any of us gave it i know luke was luke was 500 and 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 cody had him at like 87 wins can they even reach 70 it, it doesn't feel like it at this point no, and we're all it's, gonna it's, be not even close no and it, and it and it yeah and it's gonna get even worse come trade deadline that's less than so, two months from now uh, but so yeah, curious, so yeah, just, just like, overall, it, it doesn't feel like, or it, it starts it's starting to feel like 2012 and, and nothing that 
the answers we're given don't, you know, it's always going to be, you know, GM speak or manager speak sure. or, or president speak. And it's always going to be like that, but it's just not that the answers we're getting is like, I, I, I still don't know like what, we don't know what the timeline is. We don't have, yeah, that's what Brendan like that's, and I were yeah. kind of expressing as fans, our kind of like frustration with where it was like, this isn't really clearing anything up or adding. So I'm curious, like I, there's a lot of colorful folks on on the beat for the Cubs, right? Very wide range of how they kind of view the team and the organization and yada yada. When he's doing something like this, do you is there like a lot of pushback from the media to kind of address some of even the stuff that you're saying, like where he won't call it a rebuild, but I know a lot of the writers love calling it a rebuild. And like maybe like a little pushback on like, hey, you know, that's that's not really true or like this feels like kind of, uh, you know, maybe shining up something and not really the right way, or is it kind of just like Jed just goes and he brushes some of that off? Um, I mean, this, he, I mean, he talked for over a half hour today. So clearly there were a lot of questions and a lot of, you know, you'll know, follow up and stuff like that. But I even go back to when he talked to us on the South side a few weeks ago. Um, and that ended up being almost a half hour conversation, but there was because that was right after the whole transparency thing happened with Marquis and, and that segment that, you know, that whole story broke. Um, and there was a lot of pushback from kind of all of us like, hey, like, maybe, you know, I'm sure you could guess who were the ones that maybe had a little more to say. And I can yeah. got a little more not even intense, but a little more like on edge with, okay. yeah. with some of the interactions. Um and but but there was questions like hey like like so it says a rebuild the way you're describing it is a rebuild and jed pushes back on that and you know back and forth because he he doesn't want to label it that it's just semantics at this point um but yeah there i mean there are the questions and and it's, it's always funny when i see like why won't the media ask anyone about this but it's like you we do we, we the questions are asked you can't make but, an answer yeah you can't yeah, you yeah. can't make them give you the answer like if he like today he got you know asked about wilson Contreras. And he said, I'm you know, not going to answer that, right? Like, he's, he's like, I'm just not going to answer that question. Are we going to publish a headline on that? Like, it's, it's, it, it's, yeah. yeah, like you said, it's, we can ask the questions, but will they always answer it? No. Um, yeah, it, it's, it, they're, they're, especially the last few times that you could see that the, just being there, the level of like, hey, like, answer this, answer like quite the questions and the, just the time that we're there talking to him and trying to get yeah. answers from him has has gone up and and that i think is as a result of these struggles and the obviously 10 game losing streak now that there are a lot of questions that people want to know that people want no answers to so um you know that's kind of what we do that's kind of our job but it's also it, it, it there's the, there has been that little like pushback on like hey like be more transparent yeah, yeah I, I mean i just asked because like you know you read some of the headlines from some folks across town and it's it it's difficult to envision some of them like getting some of this team speak GM speak and just sort of being like, Oh, okay, sure. Right. It's like, no, that's not going to fly, but sorry, Brennan, I cut you off. No, I mean the, you kind of talked about it uh, uh, a little bit in the, in the clubhouse, but in terms of like body language, right? Like for like Jed Hoyer and in the team, like even when Jed was talking to you guys in the South side for a while, just you personally, Ryan, do you notice a difference in like uh, expression, like body language? Does he seem agitated more so than a week and a half ago? Like what's the feel that you get from the team at this point? Um, I, I feel like that's hard. That's hard to kind of 
I'm trying to like reflect on <laughs> just like yeah. I don't, that's not the stuff that I pick up on usually, but yeah. I, mean, I do pick up on the fact that like the clubhouse obviously is very is not fun right now. Like there's no yeah. the, the happy faces are minimal. The just you know, you're not hearing mu- the music after a win or stuff like that. That hasn't happened in a while. Um yeah, I think I think be- and then it also comes into the fact that the more questions about what the hell is going on get asked you know, what the plan is, what's the timeline, all this stuff. And, you know, Jed is, and I, I do think he's being sincere in the fact that he doesn't want to put a label on it because like, he doesn't want to put a, 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 a specific answer on a timeline because that does set expectations. And if he's wrong, if things blow up, if things happen, which they will, it's baseball, then that leads to even more questions and even more criticism. Right. Um, but yeah. I, I, I do think you can also kind of see, just the the load is, is and and as the Cubs lose ten games in a row, um, that has its effect. Uh, I think yeah, body language, just expression, just the general like kind of uh, atmosphere of things is is obviously at a low point right now, just because of how bad things have gone. Yeah, one of the one of the annoying features of of executives, specifically Jed, over the past year. Um, is that sometimes it appears as if he's not expressing himself in a way that's beneficial. And the fact that we, we're always talking about rebuild, right? We're talking about rebuild because Jed said the word and gave his own viewpoint months ago. And now it keeps getting it brought up over and over and over again. And as Corey and I talk about this today, it feels as if it's not like he just is not giving a good, whether it be definition or insight into the process, that's deflecting away potential ire from like fans or ire or annoyance from media members um, and asking the same questions over and over again. I feel as if it's a responsibility for executives to deflect that away, especially from the players. And Theo did do that well for so many years outside of 2018 when he said the offense broke and he got asked all those questions. But I feel that's that's that was one of Theo's best features, and that's why so many people love him, despite all of his uh, shortcomings that are carrying over to uh, to the, to this team today. So I'm curious, from like your point of view, if you sense that Jed is just not like expressing himself appropriately and actually maybe like hurting um, uh, the team as a result. I don't know. I don't know that I would say he's not expressing himself. I think. I mean, Theo was obviously like one of a kind when it came to like yeah. PR and like talking to people. And it's hard to, it's hard to expect Jed, even though he was under him for, was it nine years? A long time. Season, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Even though he didn't you know, learn. Was right hand man. <laughs> it was, yeah. he, it's hard. It's hard. He was to in be the back. He was in the back. He was, you know, he was on the right side, just kind of hanging out as Theo took all the questions. Right. Um, no, it's hard. It, it's, you, you can't expect him to be Theo. And I don't know, maybe that is just, the answer itself like he's not theo epstein um but at the same time in my experience with jed which is very minimal obviously so first year on the beat um i don't i don't know that i would say he's not expressing himself and that maybe the answer is more of goes back to that question of transparency where he's not really giving the the full view and maybe that's a a competitive thing maybe that's what we want to keep things in-house kind of kind of aspect of it but you do you do get the sense that the full view is not there, and that's why the the, the questions continue to get asked about, uh, you know, what's the timeline? What what is Wilson Contreras going to get traded? The trade de- trade deadline, like that kind of stuff, continues to get to get asked. 
because it, uh, it's not fully transparent what it what right. the plan is right and and again it's it's there's there are good reasons for why he wouldn't want to lay out the entire plan for everyone but there's also the fact that when you say you're going to be competitive even though you're keeping an eye on the future and then you're not competitive for a good portion of the season and you're on a 10 game losing streak and you're getting blown out game after game after game then that all then that's why you get so much ire from the fans and that's why question there's so many questions are coming up about hey what you know what's going on again i'll say it again what is going on because this wasn't and we we didn't expect a world series contender but it was also wasn't supposed to be a team that's they're, they're tied with the reds right are they below the reds now i don't know tied with the reds at the bottom of the standings at, at last i checked that wasn't supposed to be what the team was um and that's what it is so I, I i think that all leads to exactly why people are getting why people are angry right people are you guys i, I know you guys are frustrated i know cody cody was pissed yesterday luke's angry um, but at the same time, and I wrote this yesterday, that's still a better scenario. Fans are angry, and and especially Cubs fans, and we know that Cubs fans can be angry about a lot of things and will get angry about a lot of things. That's still better than just fans not caring. Apathy is the worst thing for for a an organization to have. Like I just go, I, mean, I look at on Mizzou. I went to Mizzou, Mizzou basketball. Like fans didn't have hope. They had uh, Conzo Martin was the head basketball coach for five years, something like that. By the end of it, fans just didn't have hope. And then he got fired. And now, you know, they do they have they built a better roster with a new coach? You don't know, but at least fans have something to look forward to. If if Cubs fans lose hope and just lose hope in Jed and just lose hope in the process, that's where the problems that's where the bigger the biggest the biggest problems come from. So if fans are if fans are angry, that means they still care and you can still have, you know. A, a shot at, at at changing some minds when fans get apathetic and tune out like that's that to me is worst case scenario and and yeah well yes. and i i mean i think you're seeing a little bit of it i mean you may I, I don't know if you ever see it completely but you know even today and i think last night you know they're they're obviously listing the paid attendance and that number is ten thousand less than the capacity of wrigley field so that means that there's way less than that that are actually coming through the gate and buying beer and all that other stuff. I don't know what that number exactly is, but when they're playing the attendance game and it's 29,000, that means that that's all they got for tickets. And so whoever's in the building is even less than that. Do they care? I have no idea. I don't know what number it has to get to for anybody to care, but you feel the apathy, I think, from the fan base on social media and stuff like that. Like I think when the team was losing close games and all of that maybe earlier in the year, I think people were like, oh, okay, like, you know, this year didn't work out, but I'm going to watch say a Suzuki and I'm going to watch Christopher Morrell, whatever. When they're getting blown out 19 to five every night and Frank Schwindel is on his 100th yeah. pitching performance of the year, he's going to qualify for the, you know, an innings record at this point, like people are going to get apathetic. I mean, I, you know, I think that's that and you're seeing it in the chat as Isaac is saying it here, like, a lot of people, you know, are like, yeah, I'm, I'm not tuning into this. Maybe I'll listen to Pat because I like listening to Pat and I like baseball, you know, but they're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to watch this. You know, they're no, I, I could do anything else. But yeah, I think uh, that's kind of where we are. Uh, we are about at the hour mark here. So, Ryan, we'll let you jump off and Brendan's just going to read through the probables here for this uh 
I'm sure it'll, it'll be a great series, you guys, with a oh. team that's on a 14-game winning streak against a team oh, yeah. that's on a 10-game losing streak. I'm sure Can't it'll wait. go just fine. Uh, but thank you, Ryan. Uh, you will be, I, I assume, back at, at Wrigley this weekend. Uh, Jared will be in tomorrow. Jared. Yeah, Jared will be in tomorrow for the first game. Hey, you know, baseball's weird. Teams don't win forever. Teams don't lose forever. So you, you never know. It's, you never know what can happen. But yeah, Ryan, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna Ryan's points bet pick of the week is the Cubs money sweep. line on Friday. Talk to yeah. Ryan if it doesn't uh, work out. Sounds good. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Ryan. Uh, appreciate you, Ryan. it as always. Yeah. And you can Thanks, catch man. Ryan's work, of course, at allchgo.com. Brendan, what do we have this week? Okay. So game on Friday, your traditional 1.20 p.m. start time. We have Keegan Thompson pitching for the Cubs. Keegan hoping to rebound off two rough starts. Keegan on the year is still 6-2 and two with a 3.67 ERA. He'll be facing Charlie Morton for the Braves, who's 4-3 and three with a 5.67 ERA. On Saturday, we have uh, Steele pitching for the Cubs. His record this year is 1-5 with a 4.33 ERA right on the mound for the Braves, 7-3, a 2.57 ERA. That's also 1.20 p.m. afternoon start time. And then on Sunday, same 1.20 p.m. start time. All afternoon games uh, this weekend for the Cubs. We have Anderson pitching for the Braves. He's 5-3 and three with a 4.81 ERA. And then Kyle Hendricks, 2-5 and five with a 4.95 ERA. Hopefully, he can uh, build off of that five-inning start where he looked decent, got some whiffs, a step in the right direction after experiencing arm fatigue. Uh, what I'm looking for this upcoming series is not to come on this podcast on Sunday and be uh, as depressed and sad as I am right Don't now. Don't steal my bit. Uh, is that your bit? Well, the, well, not mine. Is that I don't want to be embarrassed anymore. Okay. Well, I just don't want to be. I just don't want to be sad. This is sad, yeah. Corey. I'm sick of doing this. Yeah. That's what it is. So, uh, firstly, I will apologize. Uh, we wanted to get in some talk of Caleb Killian in the pitch lab with Brendan, uh, but we're over an hour here, uh, so we don't want to go too long. We'll we'll do that eventually. the The conclusion was it it. He didn't have command. It wasn't a great start. He's a very talented pitcher. He walked almost nobody in 2021 over a ton of innings. It's not typically a problem for him. It's just one of those nights. All right. Don't worry about it. Caleb Killian will be great. We'll dive into that more uh, at a later date. And Brendan will talk to you about spin rates and mechanics and vertical axes and, you know, whatever else you tune in to hear Brendan talk about. Um, did I get that right? Was that a good summation yeah, yeah. of being uh, sarcastic, but it's okay. I'll let it slide. I'm not sarcastic. It's very important that Caleb Killeen is good. I, I yeah. couldn't be less sarcastic about that. Okay. Good for you. Um, I, I, this is really simple. I mean, the, the, the bar of like, let's not get embarrassed is still there. I would love to not be a national embarrassment, um, as a Cubs fan for five minutes lately, right? Just give me five minutes where that's not the case, but let's just, what are we looking for in this series, Brendan? Win a damn baseball game. Win a baseball game for once in your lives, please. Ten games, seriously? Three double-digit losing streaks in the past calendar year. We've said it in so many ways. There's so many places to like lay blame and dissect and all of that. But the one thing I can assure you, that I know about Chicago Cubs fans and the people who fill up Wrigley Field on a daily and nightly basis is we deserve better than this. Whatever yeah. the hell this is, we all deserve better than this. That's what we got. So 
tomorrow. Uh, you will have pre and post with Luke and Cody. As Ryan said, Jared will be at the ballpark. Uh, you can check out all of the premium written content at allchgo.com. We, of course, appreciate your support for CHGO and the CHGO Cubs podcast. Don't forget to use code CHGO when you sign up at PointsBet. Brendan and I will be back to you on Sunday evening in podcast-only form to break down. They they better have won a game. Brendan, one game. They better have won. And maybe if they can avoid having one game where they don't lose by a football score, you know, like uh, the multiple That's touchdowns. not get ahead of ourselves. It would be great. Winning right? and not losing by a football score? Is that score? a low bar? What if they yeah. lose all the games, no. but they only lose each one by one or two runs? Oh, is yeah. that low enough for them to hurdle over? Sure. Yeah, we can get beyond, behind that. It's a step this in the right direction. You and I used to talk about the playoffs and preview World Series games, and here we are, Brendan. Look how we fall. Look at us. I know. Who would have thought? Like Paul Rudd on that one. Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. Anyway, thank you for listening to the CHGO Cubs podcast. If you're on YouTube, hit that thumbs up. If you're listening on a podcast app, please give us a five-star review and a nice comment if you have the time. We would appreciate it. Check in with Luke and Cody tomorrow for pre and post. And whether we are bitterly depressed by the team that we have chosen to support or not, as always, (laughs) go Cubs.